Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So this morning, again we will continue our sermon series on Christian character. I think last two, three weeks we have been talking about Christian character. Now what kind of Christians God wants us to be? And it is very difficult at times to reflect the qualities of Jesus Christ in our lives. Now we may be, most of us are in our workplaces. In our workplaces, you know, at times we struggle to you know, reflect the qualities of Jesus Christ, love, joy, peace, and all those things that the Word of God is talking about. We find it difficult at times to show the characters of Christ in our lives. You know, that, 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 that has been a burden in our hearts. How do we show Christ in our lives, through our lives? You know, that's the reason why we started this sermon series called Christian Character. And as I know, it's, it's not an easy you know, sermon to preach as well as to hear. So I just want you to, you know, just pay attention. I believe God may speak to you. So quickly, just we'll go over what we spoke last week. So last week we spoke about the pillars, uh, pillar number two, the pillar of obedience. So pillar number two is called the pillar of obedience. So that's what we spend most of our time talking about. What obedience means. So quickly to go over what we spoke about. So we define, try to define obedience. And we found out obedience is a Christian character. Even though people in this world, they are expected to obey to their masters. Obey to the laws and the rules and regulations. Obedience is also a Christian character. So we, you know, we, we talked a little bit about you know, submitting ourselves to the authority the authority of God and also we, are, we, we want to be dutiful, duty-minded because obedience is something that is expected out of our lives. And we went on talking about to whom should we obey? Children, obey your parents. Come on, children, children, obey your, all of us are children, right? Right? All of us are children, right? So children, obey your parents. Servants, obey your masters. Are we all servants? Yes? Somebody says that, no, 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 no. I am a? What? I am a? Governor. I am a? An emperor. We are all servants. Either we serve somebody or we serve God. Right? So in effect, we are all servants. So servants, obey your masters. And it says, obey to the gospel. We talks about, Bible talks about obeying to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's very dangerous. Bible says, if you do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, what will happen? Hell is prepared for those who do not obey the gospel. You know, that's why it is very important when we, we need to share the gospel. Somebody listens to the gospel and if they don't obey to the gospel, Bible says, eventually they will be thrown into the hell. So that's something very serious. Obey to your spiritual authorities. We also need to show obedience to the spiritual responsibilities, authorities that God has established. We also need to obey your husbands. You know, that's where we had the most trouble. Right? Uh, wives, obey your husband. 
parents. No, nobody is here to say that word. So wives, obey your. I'm just looking at your mouth. I'm looking at your lips, you know, movements of your lips, whether it is moving. So some, 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 some people's lips are like. Just. So wives, obey your husbands. Okay. Right? And the Bible is very clear. Obey. 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 Read that. Obey. Read that. Obey your. Again, obey. What? Next. Obey. Your husband. Well, that's very important. Obey. You no, it doesn't say that. Obey husband. It says obey to your husband. You know, we are all good in obeying someone else's husband. Bible says obey to your husband. And I, I think I gave enough last week. I don't want to go into that. So, you know, we also talked about blessings of obedience. There is too much blessings when we obey. All that scripture talks about, you know, obeying God is as equally as important as obeying husband. Because if obeying God is the word of God, obeying to your husband is also word of God. So it's equal. There is no difference. It's equal. So when we show disobedience, sorry, I'm not preaching about obedience today. I'm not preaching about obedience today. Let me repeat that. Okay, so when we disobey to our husband, it's equivalent to disobeying God. Remember that. Okay? So cost of disobedience we talked about from the life of Jonah. Jonah went away from God. He did not obey God. God wanted him to go to Nineveh, but he went to Tarshish. And by disobeying God, he created great trouble. Not only for him, for everybody. Right? And eventually he had to learn the lesson in a very hard way. We talked about spirit of disobedience. The spirit of the air that, that is causing disobedience among people. So we don't want to give room to that spirit of disobedience. We talked about the dangers of disobedience. And if you do not disobey, it affects us physically, it affects us emotionally, it affects us mentally. Spiritually, we talked about that. We also talked about the consequences of disobedience. Right? So that's what we did last week. So this week, we are going to talk about the third pillar in the Christian character called humility. So humility is the third pillar in the Christian character. So if you can quickly go to the first slide, it has a picture there. So I just want to, you know, show, want you to see that picture. So you see, uh, I'm not sure, it's, it's not very clear. So what you see there is a bamboo trees. So in fact, it's a Chinese proverb that says, the higher you grow, the deeper you bow. You know, that's what bamboo trees, they do. They, they grow very tall. And as they grow very tall, they will bend they will bow you know that's how god wants us to be you know that's the kind of humility the humbleness that god wants us to have now god may lift us up god may bless us god may give everything that we need but as we come up slowly step by step we need to humble ourselves you know, we, we find that, you know, it's, 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 it's very pathetic in the Christian community especially. When God blesses us with something, then we think that, you know, we are the king of the universe. But that's not true. Now, God has blessed you, so he expects you to, to be more humble. So the, may, the more God lifts us up, 
We, ex- we are expected to be more humble. So we are talking about the third pillar of Christian character called humility. Right? That's what we are going to do now. So now before we do all the series, this whole sermon, serious sermon, sermon of series, the series of sermon that we are going to do, we are going to go through the covenant, the biblical covenants of Christian character. So as we have them ready, we are going to read them now together. So biblical convictions of Christian character. Can we read them together? So as you read, as you speak, you really mean it. Right? Number one. Let's read that together. The Bible is the inspired word of God and the final authority in my life. My purpose in life is to love God and to order my life around his priorities. My body is the temple of God and I must do not defile it. My church correctly teaches me the foundational truths of the Bible. My children are gifts from God and I develop godly character in them. My actions must never weaken the scriptural convictions of others. My marriage is a lifelong commitment to God and my spouse. My money is given by God to manage faithfully and wisely. I don't own it. My words must be in harmony with God's word. I am accountable. My affections should be set on things above, not on things of the earth. Right? So now being said all this, so we are, in, we are having a conviction in our hearts saying that, Lord, I am here to learn this morning. I am here to obey to your word. Let's take this further. You know, as we talk about this series, especially mainly, specifically the series that we are doing on Christian characters, you know, it's it's little hard for us to follow. I just want you to be aware. You know, you may be continue to listen, may be able to listen to all sermons by sitting here or through online in many different ways. But these sermons are a little harder and they are a little different from the rest of the sermons. I want to talk a little bit about this today. Now, what we are doing is something called a sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Paul writes in 2 Timothy verses 4, 3 and 5. We will not go there. He talks about sound doctrine. And he also talks about doctrine that appears to be, you know, really smoothening the itching ears. Have you heard about itching ears? No? Yes? I think your ears are really good. So we need to take you to the doctor and doctor will say that no, 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 no wax, nothing there. It's all perfectly clean, right? Have you come across itching ears? What do we do when the ear itches? We put a stick inside? No. We use buds, Johnson bud, right? At great value bud, right? So we use one of them. And when we use the bud, and I have seen somebody's people's in a face going, when they really use the bud, oh. You know, that's what is called what? Smoothening the itching ear. So when we do that, how do you feel really? Terrible? What? Sleep. Okay, sleepy. You feel really good, right? You really get what? Soothing. Okay, we really feel comfortable and keep doing that, right? How long we can do that? We can't do very, very far, right? Very long. So, you know, you can just go down as much can you can do go down and then, you know, try to take the wax or whatever you can do. You can help out, the, you know, to soothe the itching ear. That's what is called the itching ear, soothing the itching ear. You know, some of the sermons are like soothing the itching ear. What kind of sermons they are? 
God is good. Come on, everybody say hallelujah. And everybody says hallelujah. And come on, God will heal you right now. And everybody says, come on, God will heal me. Clap your hands. And everybody claps their hands. Sermons that soothe the itching ear. But Paul says, in last days, many people will listen to such sermons, feel good sermons, and they will go away from sound doctrines. You know, sound doctrines are, you know, for that matter, I don't really know why pastors are doing that in the church every time. People will clap and they say hallelujah, they praise God, and they just get up and go the same way they came. There is no transformation, nothing is happening in their life because there is no word of God. Sound doctrine is important for you and me to grow in Christ. And number two, this is a solid food, not milk. Paul writes to the church in Corinth and say, he's saying that, you know, you have grown up now. You are capable of having solid food, but still I need to feed you with milk. Can you think about somebody getting fed? I bring Dan here and I would, with a feeding bottle, I start feeding Dan. How awkward it will be. You know, that awkward in churches today. There is no solid food, just milk every time. And people drink, 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 and then leave. Become fat, grow, both the sides. Paul says, this is solid food. And what we are doing here is solid food. And certainly these messages are not emotionally uplifting. And I have seen some of your faces after my sermon, especially the series. It's not at all uplifting. But it is life-changing. You know, if you really listen to God's word, just for, take me out of the picture, just listen to God's word as if God is speaking to you. Because I don't give anything other than the word. They are really life-changing. It is changing my life. And I believe it will change your life too. And this is for renewing of mind. As Romans say, uh, Paul says in Romans 12 too, you need to be renewed. Renewed day by day in the Lord. As I said, they are not emotionally uplifting. They are not emotionally led. But they are truth guided. They are truth. They are the word of God. They are not making popcorn Christians. Have you come across popcorn Christians? No? Popcorn Christians. Have you cooked popcorn anytime? What will happen when you cook popcorn? They will just jump up and down, right? So there are Christians, they just, just jump up and down. And when the heat is over, down. That's it. They're called popcorn Christians. You know, when I started studying theology in the United States, it's not a Pentecostal uh, organization. It was, uh, it, it, it's a Baptist and another denominational combined organization, Colorado Theological Seminary. And I was given a guide who's just a matured old man. And he told me, don't try to become a popcorn preacher. Just preach the word of God. And that will help people, otherwise it's not going to help. You know, we need to put the strong foundation, not just jumping up and down, but we need to have a solid foundation in Christ. Solid foundation in Christ. Look at the life of Paul. How much he went through. And what he sat and learned at the feet of Gamaliel that helped him till the end. Now anointing is important. Holy Spirit guidance is important. But strong foundation in the word of God is the one it's going to take us further in our lives. And we are not making mushroom Christians. Have you seen mushrooms? When they will come. And there is rain. 
And suddenly we see mushrooms everywhere. And how many days they will stay there? Just one day maybe, or maybe a few days, and that's gone. You know, today we see many mushroom Christians. And they are not going to stay. They are not going to follow God. They are going to deny and walk away when persecution comes on our way. But we are trying to make stable Christians. And how do we do it? With the help of the word of God. Only word of God can do that. So this morning we are here to talk about number three. Pillar number three called humility. Let's try to define humility. What is humility? So humility is defined as a personal quality in which an individual shows complete dependence on God. And respect for other persons you know that's what is humility two aspects humility is number one he shows perfect dependence on God you know the moment you say that I can do it by my strength because I have qualification I have experience I have everything I have everything that I need I can do it by myself we lose the dependency on God humility will help you to depend on God every time you know, there are many failures I have experienced in my own life. The moment I try to do things by my strength, thinking that I know everything. But the moment I realize that I know very little, God knows everything. You know, I'm asked to depend on God. I'm expected to depend on God. When I start depending on God, I see God working on behalf of us. So number one, one aspect of humility is depending on God. Number two is respect for other persons. It's a dictionary definition for humility respect for other persons we have been talking about that respecting others respecting people who belong to other churches it's not we it's not just we alone there are hundreds and millions of people throughout this world worshiping God from different denominations they may not be Pentecostals but they are followers of Christian Christianity followers of Jesus Christ we respect them there are people outside they don't have Christ in their lives but they are created in the own image of God. God wants us to respect them. So humility is respecting others and depending on God. Let's try to give a little more faith, add a little more flavor to it. Humility also minimizes arrogance and proud. You know, at times, you know, we, we, are, we, are, we are proudful. You know, humility really removes arrogance and proud from our lives. Humility is also just a quality of just being humble. Humility and humble, humbleness, you know, they are synonyms. Humility, humbleness and meekness, they go together. But the opposite to that is arrogance or pride. Humility is humbleness. You know, one of the desired quality that God expects in the life of a child of God is humbleness. Humbleness. You know, this morning as we study about humility, God may help us to know, God may help us to realize that we are called to humble our lives before God as well as, as we respect others. Let's take it further. Humility also is a Christian character. That's the reason we are studying this. So Christ, Jesus Christ exhibited humility right from the birth in the manger the cross now if you remember the birth of Lord Jesus Christ he was born in the manger model for humility and right until he took the cross on himself he showed humility in his life he was always depending on God for everything he said 
I'm here not to do my own will. I'm here to do the will of my Father. My food is to do the will of my Father. I want to do His will. I'm not deviating. I'm not doing, trying to do anything else. Total dependency on God shows that Jesus was walking with humility. He was totally submitting himself to God. Totally depending on God. And scripture says, I have come to serve, not to be served. You know, that's a very important nature, aspect of, Christ, uh, aspect of humility. He demonstrated what is called the servant leadership. You know, we are all here to serve. We are all here to serve each other. None of us are here to, to be served. So God is expecting us to do the things, not just waiting for someone else to come and do for us. God is expecting to us to help others, not expecting that somebody else will help. No, God wants us to do that. You know, someone has defined humility in a beautiful way. That's, that's what I have put here. Someone said, humility as this. It's foolish enough to depend on God for wisdom. You know, sometimes we appear to be fools because we say that, you know, my God is going to do it for me. That shows your dependency. You are not fool. You are not a fool. You are depending on God. So humility is foolish enough to depend on God for wisdom, weak enough to depend on God for strength. Now, more we, we humble ourselves, we depend on God's strength. Despise enough to be kept in the dust at Jesus' feet. Means, you know, we are considered as so low. Nobody looks at us. Nobody really cares about us. No one even speaks a good word to us. There is no encouragement. There is nothing that we get out of everything that we try to do. But it's good. That shows you are humble enough. Despised enough to be kept as a dust in his feet. Being nothing enough for God to be everything in our lives. You know, God honors those who are humble i want you to take you know uh, 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 take all of us this, this morning to the, through the life of lord jesus christ let's turn our bibles to philippians chapter 2 philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 11 philippians chapter 2 I'm going to read from verse 5 to 11 here Paul writes to Philippians and he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You know, Scripture says... As we read in verse 5, Paul says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's talking about a mindset that Jesus had. 
And Paul says, let that mindset be in your life. What is that mindset? That humility that Jesus Christ had in him. You know, humility is a mindset. What do you think about yourself? What do you think about others? Humility is a mindset. And Jesus had that mindset. That's why St. Paul says, let this mindset, let this mind of Jesus be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what was the mindset that was in, listen to me, what was the mindset that was in Christ Jesus? Verse 6 says, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Jesus did not go around everywhere saying that, I am God, I am God, I am God. Listen to me. Listen to me. No, he did not do that. That's what it means exactly. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it a robbery to be equal with God. He did not consider that as a treasure. I am God. He forgot, literally he forgot that he is God himself. And he walked in the streets of Jericho. Why God had to walk in the streets of Jericho? Because of his mindset. So even though he was God, he did not consider as something very valuable. No. See, today our positions, our authorities, they are of no importance. You know, what, what we have, our wealth, no, those things are not important. God is talking about a mindset that you and I need to have. What is that mindset? Do not consider those things as precious. God has given us, thank God, and move forward. They are immaterial. They are really immaterial. So being God was not the most desired form for Jesus Christ. No, that was not the one. He came down for a different purpose. Let's take it further. Now, now verse uh, 7 says, But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant. So Jesus, can you imagine God coming down to this wor world as a bond servant? Bond servant is the one who is a slave to a master. Now Jesus came to this world as a bond servant. He talks about the mindset of Jesus Christ. He came down in the form of a bond servant. And he took the form of man. God taking the form of an ordinary man. You know, God left us, Jesus left his father. And he came down to this earth. And he, took, he became like you and me. Just like an ordinary man on this earth. Talking about the mindset of Jesus Christ. He made no reputation for him. He did not put a billboard there saying that, you know, Jesus is healing everybody. No, there was no billboard. Nothing was seen. No reputation at all. Nobody talked about what Jesus was doing. He went on doing things for the kingdom of heaven. And if you read further, it says, verse 8, And being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to death of the cross. He humbled himself. You know, if God, Jesus would not have humbled himself, today we would not have received the salvation that we receive. Today we would not have received all the blessings that we have if Jesus would not have, if Jesus would have reacted to that situation. If Jesus would have, you know, uh, Jesus would have, you know, said something to the Roman soldiers, no, 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 you, you cannot do that to me. If Jesus would have called the angels for protection, but instead he obeyed God. And being found in appearance of men, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Death of the cross. 
and now god exalted him you know that is what is humility waiting for the time of god waiting for the timing of god you know many times we we see you know ourselves just jumping ahead of our time you know god wants us to bring so many blessings on our way but you know we are not waiting in spite of god saying telling us wait upon him we just jump ahead of time and we get into a mess jesus was just humbling himself you know that's the reason jesus is able to say in matthew 11:29 he says take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart matthew 11:29 and you will find rest for your soul you know today people outside will find rest in your life when we have gentle and lowly spirit in our heart and we don't have that by nature i don't have that by nature but god wants me to develop that lowliness develop the gentleness within me so that i can i can reflect christ jesus in my life jesus was a perfect example for humility he was a model for humility and this morning we are talking about number 3 pillar number 3 humility let's talk a little bit about ways to humble ourselves how do we humble ourselves these are just some practical aspects not really reference to the word of god just few practical aspects of course each one has its own reference ways to humble ourselves number 1 you can practice these things in your life that will humble us down number 1 regularly confess your sins to god now i really appreciate the catholic church for having that confession every saturday but they do it in the wrong way of confessing that to a man if they can encourage every people coming on every saturday and you need to come and you need to sit through a prayer meeting and there will be a song and make you to confess to god can you need to confess your sins to god you know how good that will be and that's what god expects in our lives confess our sins to god will help us to come down god will tell us come on you are still a sinner you are not a saint yet don't think that you are a saint you are still a sinner that will help us to humble down slow down a bit number 2 acknowledge your sins to others very important we hide our sins to others and we try to set things right with god word of god says if you have something with your brother leave the offering and go and reconcile with your brother and come and give the offering it's very important if you have something with our brothers sisters we need to set those things right number 3 take wrong patiently a sign of humbleness take wrong patiently i think it's for me take wrong patiently if somebody is doing something wrong my blood pressure goes high i think it's only for me ma'am you are all good if something goes wrong i can't handle it i see my heart rate increasing right i i know you all of you know what i'm talking about so so you know i cannot handle wrong things happening god wants me to be humble god wants us to be humble take wrong patiently and my wife has to stand next to me and say that come on they may make mistakes and when they make mistakes they will learn and i will say how many times they make mistakes they make the same mistakes over and over again still they are not learning God wants us to be humble. Take wrong patiently. 
Number four, actively submit to God or the authority. We need to be voluntarily, actively submitting to the authority of God to receive the blessings of God. We talked about it. Number five, graciously receive correction and seek constructive feedback. Now, when somebody is telling, trying to correct, it's very hard. Now, I'm not a really a musician, but when I try to stand here for practice, Dan is on top of my head. He said, what, what are you doing? Can't you understand this? Don't you know this? I said, okay, my son. Graciously receive correction. Now, I thought about, you know, how I changed, how he changed me a little bit. Graciously, you know, it's too hard, you know, if we are struggling, struggling with all those things, how much struggle God is going through, you know, to correct each and every one of us? Why don't we just cooperate with God and tell him, Lord, correct me, Lord. Graciously receive corrections and seek constructive feedback. Why they are telling that to me? Is there a reason why he is or she is correct, trying to correct me? And if there's something good, probably I want to listen. You know, that's attitude. Six, cultivate a grateful heart. A generous heart, a thankful heart. And generally, that will help us to humble us. Number seven, purpose to associate with the people of lower estate. That means, purpose in your mind. Determine in your mind to be with people of lower level. You know, when we try to get in touch with people who are of higher level, I don't want to classify, but then still, that's what we see in this world. Right? Children especially. They will want to be become friends with some guy, some student who is coming from a very luxurious you know, background. They have everything by the grace of God and they want to be friends with them and they will come, and home, come home and complain saying that, Dad, you have, they have so many other things, why don't you buy me those things? My friend has only iPhone. I need only iPhone. I don't want any other Android phone. I just need only iPhone. Buy me that. We also do that. Purpose to associate with people of low estate. Always think and consider those who do not have what we have. You know, that will help us to humble us. Number eight, choose to serve others. Serving others will help us. Number nine, be quick to forgive. The important character. Don't hold anything in your heart. Just forgive. Quick to forgive. And then at the same time, don't pretend as if you are forgiven. You know, sometimes we still keep that in our mind and we just ask, act as if nothing happened. No. Just be quick to forgive. If somebody has done something wrong against you, just be quick to forgive them. Number 10, purpose to speak well of others. Speak good things about others. Speak good things about others. Ways to humble ourselves we talked about. Let's get into the word of God now, right now, before we close. Let's turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Verses 9 to 14. Luke chapter 18. Here we see a parable spoken by Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read that from Luke chapter 18 verse 9 onwards. We know this parable. And also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So the context of this parable is Jesus wants to speak this parable because there are people, they think that they are righteous, they are right in everything, and they reject, they neglect others. To them, Jesus is speaking this parable. Verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. 
The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat at his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. An amazing parable, an amazing teaching that Jesus was sharing with others. So parable to those who consider themselves righteous and despise the others. So let's talk a little bit about the Pharisees. You know, Pharisees, this is what the Pharisee did. What Pharisees said, the Pharisee was loving. Pharisees stood and prayed thus within himself. This is what he prayed and what he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. All those who are practicing evil things, sinful things, I am not like others. Was it right? Yes? No, no, no. What, what Pharisee said, is it true? Yes. He is not practicing all the sinful things they were practicing because very, they very strictly follow the law. They very strictly follow the law. I am sure Pharisee would not have gone into those sinful things. He was right. Right? Number two, what he says? God, I thank you that I am not like these people or even as this tax collector. Was it true? Yes. Tax collector is a sinful man because he collects tax more than what he's supposed to collect. He takes money from poor people. It was sinful. But Pharisee said that right. I'm not like the sinners. I'm not like this tax collector. I am much better when I compare myself with others. Did you get that? I am much better when I compare myself with others. That's not right. What he did was right. But what was not right when he compared himself with the others and said that I am much better. I am much better than somebody. And he also did something else. He said that I do everything correctly. That's what he said. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Anything wrong in there? Anything wrong? No. Fasting is good. Giving tithes is good. Everything was correct. Nothing wrong there. He found himself righteous within himself. That's called self-righteousness. And God doesn't like that. So there are two things that he is doing. It's all mind. It's all happening within his mind. I am much better than somebody. Comparison. Comparing with others. Secondly, he says, I am righteous within myself. Self-righteousness. Children of God, we struggle with these two. I struggle with these two. And I'm sure all of us struggle with these two. And God hates. God hates. God doesn't want us to compare our lives with others. We don't know what they are going through. No point of time just say that, you know, what, what is wrong? You know, what's the problem with them? You know, they are all happy. They are all enjoying. They are all, you know, their life is going smooth. No. God has given us a life to live. God has given us our own cross to carry. 
We don't want to look at others' cross. We can't carry their cross. God has given us our own burdens, our own abilities, our own plus and minus. God wants us to take that, those things. And that's where Pharisee went wrong. And he found himself self-righteous. You know, whatever righteous things that we try to do, Scripture says they are filthy rags in front of God. They are filthy rags. No, salvation does not come by our work. Salvation comes when we depend on the grace of God. When we depend on the grace of God, that's where God can find us righteous, not because of our work. We need to depend on the grace of God for everything. Humility, we are talking about humility. What about the tax collector? He could not even come to the presence of God. He is standing afar. He realized that he is a sinful man. God honors that. God doesn't look at our, our holiness, but God looks at a heart that is open in front of God saying, Lord, I'm still a sinner. Help me. I'm still having unbelief within me. Help me to remove my unbelief. Tax collector, look at this, it's, it's very beautiful here. And the tax collector, verse 13, Luke 18, and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as rise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breath, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Two things he's doing again. He could not come into the presence of God. He realized who God is. He is acknowledging who God is. You know, God wants us to have that in the back of our mind. We are Christians, we are believers, we are children of God. Everything is all right. But when we come into the presence of God, we need to have the back of our mind. God, I'm serving God. I'm standing in the presence of God. We need to have that fear of God. We need to acknowledge God. He was doing the rightly. Second thing, he said, he said, I- I'm not really good at all. I can't even look at you. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Realization of his self. He realized himself that he is a sinner. An example, a model for humility. You know, as we listen to these scriptures, I believe God is speaking to us. I just want to close with this illustration, this simple story. His name was Bill. He was a student. He had such a wild hair growing everywhere. Probably, you know, not sure when the, those hairs were washed. Listen to me. And he was wearing a long t-shirt. And the t-shirt has a lot of holes in it. And he was just wearing a long jeans, baggy jeans. But no shoes in his leg, in his feet. You can imagine such a person. His name is Bill. And he was a student. And you know, all that what we see around his body, that was the, literally that was the wardrobe of Bill during the four years of his university studies. That's how he has been all along. He's a kind of very, very mysterious, mysterious being. Nobody could understand what is going on in his life. But when he started attending this college, he became a Christian. He came to know the love of Lord Jesus Christ. Now across the street of the campus, there is a church. And the church members, they really, they are really dressed up very well. They are very conservative the way they worship God. 
And they had a plan to develop a ministry in this university that is just across the road. And one day Bill, he decided to visit that church. And he walked into the church wearing his uh, jeans and wearing his t-shirts with hole and, wearing, and having a wild hair flowing all over his body and no shoes, just only jeans. And he started entering into the church. The church just started and he went into the center of the church and he looked for a place to sit in the church. And the church is completely packed. He couldn't find a seat there. And all the members of the church, they looked at him and they became very uncomfortable having Bill in the middle of the church. But no one says, said anything to Bill. And Bill started walking in the aisle of the church. And he walked almost close to the pulpit. And he realized that there is no place to sit. The church is fully packed. And he just sat down on the carpet in front of the pulpit. And by now the members of the church, they are really very anxious. And the tension is kind of building in the air as Bill's, Bill was sitting at the church in front of the altar on the floor. Then from the back of the church, a deacon slowly started making his way towards Bill. Now in his eyes, when Bill was looking at the deacon, the deacon has a very gray hair and he has a three piece of suit in his body and he has a pocket watch and very godly man, very old godly man, very elegant, very dignified, respectful and very courtly, he started walking towards Bill. And he walked with the old cane, a cane in his hand. As he was heading down towards Bill, all the members were in the church, they were saying to themselves, you can't really blame him for what he's about to do now. They were all thinking that he's going to pull Bill out of that place and throw him out. We can't really blame him what he's about to do. How can you expect a man of this age with such a great background, such a great tradition, how do you expect this man to understand a college kid who's coming and sitting at the floor, not clean at all in his body? Now it takes a long time for that old man to get down the aisle to reach where Bill was sitting. And all the eyes were focused on him. The churches are totally silent. The minister, even the minister could not do anything there. He couldn't begin his preach until the deacon comes very closer to Bill. And when the deacon comes and reaches the friend, the congregation was watching him what he's about to do. The deacon came and with great difficulty, he put his cane and he lowered himself down and he sat next to Bill so that Bill won't be alone on the floor. Now when the minister gains control over the service and this is what he says, this is what he said, what I am about to preach, you will never remember. What you have just seen, you will never forget. Humbling ourselves, 
to the point of death as Jesus did. Humbling ourselves to someone who cannot even come up to our level what we are today. Lowering our levels down to the ground to help somebody who is in need of help. That shows our humility. That's the character God expects in your life and my life. God may help us this morning. Shall we close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.